Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of The Probe. Well, the month of October is special for many, many obvious reasons, including Breast Cancer Awareness, International Day of the Girl Child, we have World Food Day and many, many more, all in the month of October. But tonight we shall zoom our lenses on cyber fraud because the National Cyber Security Awareness Month is this month, that's October. In Ghana, internet penetration we know has seen remarkable growth, surging from 2.31 million users in 2012 alone to 17 million users in 2022. While in the first half of 2023, cyber fraud activities led to direct financial losses of 4.32 million US dollars, translates into 49.5 million Ghana cities in Ghana. While the reported cyber fraud activities represent only a fraction of the cases brought to the attention of government organizations, we are told that 41,285 contacts from members of the public was received by the CSA between October 2019 and July 2023, all complaining about cybercrime and other related activities. Guess what? Identity theft, online extortion, romance fraud, and shopping fraud accounted for 41% of the total fraud cases. Well, there are all kinds of names for these activities. Once we put it out there, I had all kinds of names, um, apart from the Sakawas and the others that we know. There are a lot more um, that people describe it when it comes to the cyber fraud. But our focus tonight is on how to get ahead of these fraudsters. My guest tonight is the lead national computer emergency response team at the Cyber Security Authority, Stephen Kujoseshi. Stephen, welcome. I hope you're ready for this discussion. Of course, because there are a lot of questions that have come in. And once we put it out, we are live on Joy News. We are live on Joy 99.7 FM and affiliates across the country. MyJoyOnline.com and all our social media platforms. On DSTV, we are on Channel 421. On GoTV, it's 125. I am MFA Apau, and this is The Probe. Please do stay with us. A quick turnaround, then we get talking.
Imagine a family without a home. Imagine a song without a voice. Imagine a church without prayers. Imagine a government without citizens. Imagine democracy without journalists. Imagine a world without the media. Life is full of issues and stories about people, communities, and governments. Stories that have to be told by well-trained journalists. That's why you can't imagine news without Joy News. Mark Attila Probe here on Joy News. We also enjoy 99.7 FM together with affiliate dotted across Ghana's 16 regions. MyJoyOnline.com and all our social media platforms. All you have to do is to send us a message with a hashtag the probe. Tonight we are focusing on cyber security and it is the awareness month and we're starting October uh, with cyber security awareness and Stephen Kujo Seshi, like I told you, is my guest tonight here on the probe. I'm pretty excited about uh, this discussion because I get to know all about it. Welcome once again. Okay, well, let's um, talk about the Awareness Month itself. I know that since 2017, um, your authority has been leading um, this particular Awareness Month. Really, what does it entail? Right, thank you, Mefa. So the Cybersecurity Awareness Month is one of our flagship programs, and basically it's a month where we focus on all things awareness around cybersecurity. So um, if you look at our history, how we've evolved to where we are, we identified the capacity of our citizens to recognize cybersecurity threats as a weakness. So in 2018, we we completed a survey with the University of Oxford and the World Bank, which basically did an assessment of our entire ecosystem. We spoke to private sector, public sector, looked at, uh, did general interviews, and basically identified that Ghanaians we trust a lot. And therefore, our ability to respond to cybersecurity threats was a bit low. So they put it down as an improvement point. So based on that, in 2018, we launched a strategy around awareness. So we identified four, four pillars. We mm-hmm. talked about government, businesses, children, and then um, there's one more. There's a, there's a, there's a fourth one. Okay. So around those elements, we in October, we tried to focus on all these. We have several kinds of programs, awareness creation programs, there are workshops and the like. So that's what October is about. Tomorrow we launch for 2023. Mm-hmm. We're going to have distinguished ministers, with our, our sector minister, um, Ministry of Communications and Digitalization will be there, mm-hmm. uh, Minister of Information, Minister of National Security, as well as some distinguished external guests will be there to kick it all off. The whole month is busy. Oh, it's a whole month. Yes. Okay. Every week there's something happening across different sectors. We'll be touching government, we're touching private sector, we're dealing with children, mm-hmm. and 
all that? Well, but children, um, I'm very interested, at least government, business, children. I see that there's a lot of questions around government and businesses, at least individuals. But children, okay. really, how is it looking like? Okay, so children are an important part of uh, mm-hmm. our strategy as a cybersecurity authority. In fact, if you look at the Cybersecurity Act, Act 1038 of 2020, there's a whole section that speaks to protecting children online in terms of um, sharing of indecent images or intimate images of children and the like, and there are very stiff penalties around it. In the authority, we have a whole division that's devoted to what we call child online protection. So they do work around the awareness creation, um, going to schools to engage them, to educate them on cybersecurity best practice, what they should do, what they should not do. Mm. Um, They also interact with, so when there are cases that are reported to the authority through our point of contact, they work to, to resolve those cases. They need to investigate if there are prosecutions required. They, they champion it with the, the necessary evidence. So it's really are, are, are we having more and more children falling prey um, to this um, cybersecurity fraud and activities um, over the period, you would say? Well, it's, it's, you, you hear it now and then. We probably see more of the other mm. types, but it comes, we've, we've seen a lot of instances where um, in schools, um, Unfortunately, maybe a young lady gets mm. convinced by someone who think, she thinks she likes. Mm-hmm. The person takes photos of, of her, she's a minor. And then the next thing you know, they're either sharing it with other mm. people or they've posted it somewhere. We've seen some instances of, of, of such, such, such cases, and each, each time we are, we are deeply involved in trying to resolve such. Okay. Well, but what's the data looking like um, over the period when it comes to cyber security fraud in Ghana? Okay. So... Um, we just ended a quarter, mm-hmm. so I can look back a year from quarter three all the way one year back. We've had about 14,000 engagements. So yeah. um, our point of contact, let me talk about that before I move on. So our point of contact is a mechanism that is mandated by our act that allows us to interact with the public, basically offer them a service in terms of reporting cybercrime. So mm-hmm. we offer a voice line, 292, mm-hmm. SMS, also 292, a WhatsApp line, 050 Three triple one, an email address reports at csa.gov.gh. These channels are available for anyone in the public to report issues. And when those reports come, we have a team that responds to it. 24-7, we are there. We'll pick your call, we'll respond. Now, from those interactions, in the past year, 14,000 cases have, 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 14,000 calls have come in. Mm. Out of that, around 1,200 of them are actual incidents. So, that means something has actually happened that we need to look into. So that's about 9%. Mm. The, other, the, other, the rest turn out to be what we call advisories. So we, you might call us and say, well, I see this so-and-so link. It says this. Should I click it or not? Mm. We'll take your info. We'll take the link. We'll analyze it and come back and tell you, okay, MFR, please. Yeah, away from this. Well, there was one link, for instance, that was going around about getting free uh, BA tickets ah. and all that. I don't know if that was also brought to your attention. Like, when we see such links, what are we supposed to do with it? So there are a few things you can do. If, if you, you are that savvy, there are, there, are link, there are services online that you can use to check whether that link is malicious or not. So there's one offered uh, by Google called VirusTotal. So you can take a link, go and paste it in the form there. They have a series of tests to run against it and then tell you, okay, MFR, this is malicious, don't continue. But if you're not sure, just call us. We'll do the work for you and give you an answer. Okay. Well, one key one. I'm sure you're not new to this. Momo. Momo fraud in particular. There are concerns about whether the cybersecurity authority is very much alive to the increasing cases of Momo fraud and what exactly 
the authorities doing about it? Okay, so homo fraud, um, so let's say it's a, it's a multifaceted problem, mm-hmm. but the, the key challenge is around us as the users of the service. It's a system, it's helping our digital um, growth for facilitating payments and mm-hmm. stuff like this. But then what you've got now are people who are in the system and they try to manipulate you to release your PIN or authorize payments that you did not uh, actually go for. So we tend to, as an authority, we tend to focus on the education part. Mm. Because the systems have been designed, there's there's procedures for how you do transactions. You must protect your PIN, don't give your PIN to people. But you find that... Uh, someone who call, uh, can call an individual, give them some storyline, somehow they get lost in the story and mm-hmm. they hand over the pin. And then the person is gone. Or in this, some cases, they can, there's, you know, some of the service providers, they, they can send you a prompt mm-hmm. for you to accept by entering your pin. Your pin right? yeah. So they call, they call the people, give them some storyline. Oh, we are, we are authorizing this, uh, or just check this and then please enter your pin. We are fixing this problem, something like this. They give you a story. And then you release your pin. So there's the human side of it, and we call it social engineering. So mm-hmm. basically, they are they are playing on your 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 the like your, your helpfulness, okay. or you want to help somebody out, and then they they trick you. So it's not so much that it's a system issue, but it's more on how we are using it as users. But as an authority, we work with the the service providers a lot, mm-hmm. where we see there are any system or technical issues. They, they look into Moving it, but we help. need to be focusing on us, ourselves as the users. Mm. But as an authority, you're not clothed with any powers um, to be able to make sure that these telcos and anyone that um, falls victim to this or whatever it is that can be done to prevent it in the first place, there's nothing like that? Well, they're, 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 they're actually, we actually have some control in the mm. sense that the, that service area, because so critical to digital, falls under what we call critical information infrastructure. So that big term, or we call it CIF for short, basically just means that there are infrastructure within our ecosystem that mm-hmm. are deemed critical to the functioning of the country. So either if there's, if there's an outage to those systems, there might be a, a national security issue or it might impact socioeconomic status of the country. Mm-hmm. So the MOMO system or the ICT infrastructure falls under one of those categories. So we have a team that's focused on protection of those infrastructure. So they do that by issuing directives, conducting audits, and checking for compliance to best practices. So if you say you're offering a Momo service, okay, there are best practices for building such a system. There are best practices for, let's say, validating your users. Mm-hmm. We do all, we look into all that okay. together with people like the NCA that look directly after the sector. Mm-hmm. So we do have some control. Well, we have a number of audience questions that we'll be getting into. I see that Yara's whispering about us going into the audience questions. But there's this one that I'm hoping that we could, we could get some clarity to before we get into the questions. The issue about the new initiative to register licenses and accredited cybersecurity service providers. What is it really meant to achieve? All right. So we've just been talking about how important uh, uh, communication infrastructure is to us or other critical infrastructure. Now, cybersecurity... Is important in that space because you have, if you have a service provider that's doing some work mm-hmm. in that space, they're touching very sensitive systems. Okay. A lot of the work they are going to do is very intrusive. So let's say um, you hire someone 
to come and look at your network and put in certain infrastructure to protect it. Necessarily, he must get into your network, know where all your devices are connected, and then now recommend a solution. Now, imagine that that person is not very principled. He comes and he knows that, oh, just- Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. FM, they have these type of equipment. This is the version. It's from this vendor. And then he goes back to go and check. Okay, this is a weakness. Yeah, this is a weakness. And then this time you wake up, the network is down. So what we are trying to do there, the, the law uh, act tells us that we need to make sure we are licensing the service provider in that space to make sure that they are using best practice standards. We are finding out, we are doing background checks. So if company X says I'm a server security service provider, we know who the owners are, we know their registration status, they've complied with things like data protection, they are, they are engineers or their staff, are accredited professionals, background check has been done mm-hmm. so that you are essentially sanitizing the space. You know who is operating there. Similar thing applies to the professionals themselves. So even if I'm a, um, I work by, for myself, but I do this kind of cybersecurity stuff, I need to be accredited. Okay. Now that accreditation also goes through a rigorous process. We check your credentials. If you say you can do something like uh, what we call vulnerability assessment. So I want to check what weaknesses you have in your network. I should go to validate that you actually have the skills do the right job, you have the right certifications, you are going to follow the right standards, and when you do it, you're also protecting information. You're not finish the work at Joy FM and go and sell it to mm. someone in Russia next week. <laughs> so that's the, the purpose behind that whole exercise. But have we had them, at least, those service providers complying? Oh, yes. Um, we've had a number of them registering yes. so far. We've, we've, got, we've got a number going. We're actually in the process of, of issuing the acquisition. Right now it's provisional, but... After a certain period, grace period, they will be fully, they will have the full licensing or the full accreditation, depending on which category they are in. Okay, let's get into the first batch of questions. And now, uh, let's not leave our audience out. Yeah, if you're ready, let's go. So we have a first one from Abna. How does the CSA go about its work in identifying cybersecurity threats? Trends, he says. Um, Xavier says, what are the top incidents that the point of contact handles? Um, Hashmin says, what are the top prevalent forms of cyber fraud? Teria says, how can people identify that they are about to fall victim to the more prevalent forms of cyber fraud and how they can respond to them? Okay, so that's the first batch. Uh, we would, would um, now take some responses, Mr. Sechi, on this. So the, you were talking about point of contact earlier. So Xavier wants to know what the top incidents are that they've handled. And then maybe we can add it to Abna's question, how the CSA goes about its work in identifying cybersecurity trends. Right. So it starts with the... The POC, so mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, it's mandated by the Act, and it's run by a team called the Computer Emergency Response Team, which I lead. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Act tells us or mandates that we should provide a means for the public to be able to report incidents to us. Absolutely. So those channels I mentioned, the phone, SMS, both of them are 292. If you call 292 from any network, you will go 292. to 292. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you can WhatsApp us on 050. One six zero three triple one, or send an email to report at 
csa.gov.gh. So those channels are like, uh, let's think of them like funnels to mm. us. So once people call us, we take down very detailed um, information about each case that they're reporting. So as the period goes on, then we build, we've been building a database of cases, how the, the, the malicious actors are operating, or what we like to call modus operandi. So mm. That's how we get the data we are about to share. Mm. Also, the top incidents. Find the brands, inspiration, and great value you need to own your style at Macy's VIP Sale. Going on now. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall trends and updates. Plus 15% off go-to beauty, skincare, and fragrances. Plus shop specials and find great deals on top brands at Macy's VIP Sale. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Wendy's new breakfast two-for-three-dollar biggie bundles let you create your own delicious combo. Choose from a sausage biscuit, egg and cheese biscuit, small seasoned potatoes, and a medium hot coffee. But it's obvious which combo's the best. Sausage biscuit and small seasoned potatoes. Well, maybe it's the fresh cracked egg and cheese biscuit with a medium hot coffee. Or two savory sausage biscuits. Yeah, whichever you pick, you can't go wrong. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new two-for-three-dollar biggie bundles. Limited time only. U.S. price of participation may vary. Not valid in a combo. Single item at regular price. So, I have them categorized in five, mm-hmm. right? So, um, these five account for about 90% of all the cases we record. So, top of that list is online fraud. Mm-hmm. Online fraud has subcategories. So, you can talk about uh, shopping scams, job scams, romance scams, investment fraud, advance fee fraud. These are all different types. If, if you want, we can break them down a bit. Yes, let's talk about a bit more. <laughs> Online, online shopping scams are, the, the, the commonest example is you see something on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. tells you I'm selling, my favorite is Crocs. We are selling, <laughs> we are selling Crocs. They give you a very nice looking price. So let's say it's 300 CDs. Mm-hmm. Put a number there for you to pay and then they, they tell you, oh, when you pay, we'll deliver. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you send them the 300 CDs and then after... One, two hours, you want your crocs, it hasn't arrived. When you try to call the number back, almost okay. dead. Your 300 series is gone. Hmm. So, in a case like this, if I see you see the crocs, beautiful crocs you want to buy, what then do you have to do before you start the payment process? Right. So, a few things you can do. So, because it's online, you can't see who is behind it. You have to do what you call due diligence, right? Because typically, if it was a physical shop, mm-hmm. you can walk. Yeah, pick you can just pick and pay. So now, the bedding is now on you. The, the buyer to then be sure that that outlet is genuine. So some of the things we recommend you can do is you can pick the number they've got there. You call, verify where they are, verify physical location, and be okay. sure you can actually, even if, if possible, check out that that physical location actually exists. Now, most of them don't have physical locations. Most of these online shops... Yeah, just online shops. No online. Okay, yes. Like the thing is, okay, assuming we bought a Crocs and it's a stone, how would you return it? Mm-hmm. So that's that's so. Uh, 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 let's say a reputable um, online shop would say, okay, well, um, I don't have a display shop, but if you need to interact with me, come to okay. this address. So that's what you are looking for. Okay. Right. The other things you can also do is you can when, on most of these online um, portals, you might see reviews. Mm-hmm. Other users that have used that particular portal, check, read through and see. Are people complaining that they didn't get the items? Mm-hmm. When you see something like that, it becomes a warning flag to use, a red flag that potentially this, this, this um, 
shop you are looking at may not be not the best. Those are, those are some of the things, simple things you can do too. Okay. So you've talked about shopping, online shopping, where we have shopping stands. Which other ones were we going to talk about? Job scams. Okay. You know, a lot of our colleagues or brothers, cousins, some are out of school are looking for jobs. So you have people that will go around and craft something. Typically, they would, they would impersonate someone important. It could be a government official, it could be a, an agency. So there are these jobs, um, please apply. But the catch usually is they'll tell you, pay us yeah. X amount to give you protocol attention or to get the form. But you pay and that's it, they're gone. So they play on your, 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 your vulnerability that you need a job. They take money off you and then they run off. Um, advanced fee fraud comes in where people would say, okay, we need to deliver, for example, we are, we are delivering something to you, but you need to pay us first before, <laughs> before it's delivered. Mm. So it's okay. So there's one scenario which has happened a few times. So someone makes a friend online, seems to be going well, and the person says, oh, I have some iPhones I want to send to you, but there are a lot. I can give you some to sell. So I'll, I'll package it and, and send it to you. Ghana. So, okay, yeah, then a few days later, so yeah, I've sent 10 iPhones. Um, they've arrived at, um, let's say, DHL. So um, please check, check it out. So when you go to DHL and you want to go, they say, ah, um, the package you send, there's money inside. There's not supposed to be money inside because apparently you cannot put money in such packages. So they pin you and say, actually, you need to, you need to pay pay some money so that that is not taken against you. So they take money from you for that. Mm-hmm. And also tell you, oh, uh, in terms of the delivery, uh, you need to pay this and that as well. So they just find ways to pick money from you, but whatever you are looking for, you actually never get it. These are very intelligent people. Yeah. Are, are they always a step ahead of us, or we have them under control, you'd say? Well, it's up to us as the users. Okay. If they engage you and you allow them, you are, you are likely to fall victim. So. Some of these um, tips we are giving us for you is for you to be aware, pay attention when someone calls you, especially people you don't know, people you just met online. You don't know mm-hmm. the person physically. You have to be careful when they are giving you stories about delivering you something or sending you this or help me to pay for this or that. You have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, let's uh, talk about the top prevalent forms of cyber fraud. I think and that's what we've been touching on as well, Hashmi. And then how can people identify that they are about to fall victim? Uh, to the more prevalent forms of cyber fraud. I think you've been speaking about it. And then regarding businesses, what are some of the cyber issues businesses experience and how they can handle them? I think that's in the second batch. That's always one answer. Maybe we should take more from the second batch, then we can take responses. Um, So we go on to the next one. Uh, Where do I go or who do I talk to if I fall victim to cyber fraud? Asay is asking, and why do we wait till October to educate the public on cyber fraud? Jennifer is asking. And Lily says, what are the current top cybersecurity threats or trends that individuals and organizations should be aware of? Uh, I think we've been giving you some. Kekeli says, how can individuals protect themselves from common cyber threats like phishing and ransomware attacks? Which one shall so we? we can start with Ozwan Sasson uh, regarding businesses. What are some of the cyber issues and businesses experience and how they can handle them? So businesses are not immune. Um, I think one of the common ones we are seeing now is around impersonation. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, MEFA has a fashion, fashion design shop. You've opened, you've, you know you have your shop and then you put an online uh, um, 
segment on Instagram so people can find you. And next thing you know, someone has also, let's say it's called MFR Designs. Mm-hmm. A few months later, you see someone else has created MFR Designs. Sometimes they even copy the same picture. Same logo. Everything put in there, but they change the number. So when, so when someone searches for MFR Designs, there's something we call uh, search engine optimization. So basically, you're able to design your site, your site in such a way that when you Google or you search for it, it comes to the top. So these guys are smart enough to manipulate those algorithms and they have to be on top of yours. So your, your end user can't tell. So they call that number. So yeah, I want to order a dress. So nicely answer, issue an invoice. When the person pays, they are gone. Then your name is in, is in disrepute because they yeah. think you have, uh, you have scammed them. But actually somebody has copied your, 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 your brand and is impersonating you. So that's one common thing we see. And, how to deal with it is basically you need to monitor your presence online. So long as you have presence online for your business, you need to be monitoring it. You need to intentionally check. Is someone using my name? Someone using my logo? If it's not that person, then you need to, you need to take action. And when you, if, you, if you see it on a site like Facebook or Instagram, there are channels for reporting it. If you're yes. not sure what to do, you can, you can engage us. We can give you... Mm. And that takes us to our serious question about who, where to go and who to talk to if you feel that you're falling victim to cyber fraud. Our POC contacts, 292, mm-hmm. the WhatsApp line, 050-160-3111, or okay. report at CSP. In the event that maybe they took my phone at the time and I'm not able to, to reach you via WhatsApp, have someone, and ask someone else to call on your behalf okay. and we'll speak to you. What will happen? What would be the process that I'll go through once I call? So typically, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take your name, your details, mm-hmm. where are you. Then we take specifics about the case. When did it happen? What exactly happened? Who did you engage with? If you have evidence, perfect. Hopefully, you have not lost the phone. So we have, we might want to take evidence of the conversations you've had, and screenshots of uh, any evidence you might have of whatever you've experienced. Then we analyze it. If we find, um, if we, once we put that together, we have in-house what we call a law enforcement liaison unit, mm. like to call them. <laughs> so these guys are investigators. So once we, we determine it's a case that needs to be investigated, this set of evidence will go to them to analyze it, look at it, and then where necessary, they maybe engage the external um, bodies that have uh, arrest powers, like the police or CID, EOCO, or all these people. Work with them, and then eventually you might get redress. Uh, I need to caution, though, that we can't chase every 100 CD case, for example, just to set expectations. But then that's how the process typically works. Mm. Have we had any arrests over the period through these reports and investigations that has been done by the authorities? Yes, I can point to a major one. In Mm -hmm. July, I'm sure you'd have seen the release where we arrested about 400 suspects that were involved in what we call cyberbullying. So these Mm -hmm. guys were running a scheme around um, loan applications. So when you go to a Play Store, they advertise the loans. Okay, install this application. will give you um, a small, small loans. So I need 300. I need 1,000 CDs. Mm-hmm. All looking fine and good. But when you are registering, they take a lot of your personal details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Take your Ghana card. If taking your all your personal information. And then they tell you, okay, fine, you can pay this back in less than a month or, or three months. But usually in seven days, someone calls you and tells you, MFA. Mm-hmm. You owe us. And then in the north, the, the interest is very high. So let's say you borrowed 200 CDs. Call it MFA. You owe us, let's say, 350 CDs. You need to pay up in seven days. Or we are going to plaster your face on social media as a thief. You've stolen our money. Mm-hmm. So they were going around threatening. So many people fell victim. We recorded well over 270 such reports to us. So what then kicked in was, um, because if you're dealing with anything financial, it has to do with the BOG, right? Yeah. BOG released our letter that said, look, we have not licensed anybody to do this. So between us, BOG and Yoko, and then even the NCA, we formed a work uh, task force. And then that culminated in that arrest, 400 suspects. And he even had about, if I'm not mistaken, there were a handful of foreigners that are also behind it. So that's that's uh, a cleanse of us tackling cyber, mm. cyber crime and, and, and being successful at it. I know some people, at least um, some of the newsroom, I won't expose them, but uh, it appears that they always get those kind of messages, at least um, the, the ones that you describe as efficient, uh, do this and you win this, send to 100 people or send to these people and then you get it. How does people like that become like targets? How is it that um, you just be there and you get to those yeah, messages and you're asked to, to share? Sometimes even emails now, you get it. What do you, what do, you do before you get it? Is it that there are certain sites that you visit? What exactly makes you susceptible to the, these people? Like, well, there, are, there are a number of factors. Like, definitely one of the things is the sites you visit. Mm. And if you visit... Um, sites that are not so reputable and you are leaving your personal information or personal details there, that's how come some of these messages may come through. Okay. So you definitely need to be careful the kind of sites you visit. Um, some of, like, popular thing is a lot of people are into betting mm-hmm. and stuff like this. The sad truth is not all those betting companies are run by reputable companies. Okay. They are one of those and they happen to be feeding your data to they are brothers that are running rackets. They said they are not in, uh, betting, they are investing. Investments. Yes, they said they that so you need, to be, you need to be careful who, who, who your investment broker is. Okay. So that's, that's one thing. And some of these things, when they come on your phone, uh, they are offers, and so fill this form out, mm-hmm. fill this form out. Actually, you're actually handing them your data. This loan app thing I spoke about, for instance, it, for, uh, for the most part, what they were doing, they're actually sucking data of even the handsets mm. that were there. So what would happen is they actually would be able to pull up all the contacts on your phone mm. and send messages to them. That's how they even try to shame oh. you. And then they can follow up and then target those people because they have their numbers. They can send them such strange, strange messages as well. If you are unfortunate enough to select them, you are part of the pool. They'll keep... Because I'm one of those who always wonder, for Momo Fraud, for instance, you have them call you randomly and you wonder oh. how they got your number. And it's like every time you load up money or this money that comes on your phone, that's when you start getting these calls. Is there a way they know? How are you protecting us as, um, as consumers, you'd say? Mm. Well, 
uh, the protection mechanisms mm -hmm. technically can only work to a limit. Okay. Um, unfortunately, you might have um, what we call insider threats. Mm. So people that may be part of the ecosystem for the top-ups that are not so um, reputable. So mm. maybe you, you bought your last credit at your corner shop. You may have taken your number. Okay. Actually, it works with these people. So they hand your number over. So the next time, once you want to top-up, they know. Mm. <laughs> That's, that's one. That's yeah. one. So what we can, we always come back to the bit about your due diligence and being alert. You, the user, must be the one in control. Technical controls only work to a certain point. Technology mm -hmm. in itself is not evil, but it's the users that are making mm -hmm. it evil. So you have to be alert. <laughs> so that's for mobile money, at least. If you're using mobile money, you have to be alert. But Jennifer wonders why we wait till October uh, to educate the public on cyber fraud. I guess it's not just October. It's not October. Actually, one of the key things we do with the data we gather at the POC is actually release alerts. So if you go to our website and if you monitor our social media channels, you see alerts. At the, at the minimum, there will be one a month. Mm. And how do we do that? We analyze the cases we've got for the period and we say, okay, well, this month, it is impersonation of government figures. We'll write, write you a short alert, usually one pager, mm -hmm. to describe what the issue is, to tell you how the fraud or whatever it is or the, the issue is perpetrated, and then we'll give you recommendations at the end. So that's, if you go to our site, you see all of mm -hmm. it. So it's not only October. October just happens to be when we want to put the limelight on cybersecurity as, mm -hmm. as, as and that's why Yao is asking me to ask you why October? Why is October. the awareness in October, October in particular? I think it's, it's, it's an international convention okay. that was selected around the world. We are not the only ones celebrating. Mm -hmm. There are several countries also doing the same. So we sort of, once we, we decided we want to make awareness part of our uh, strategy, we also started. Okay. So I'm sure you touched on Lily's question, the current of cybersecurity threats or trends. We've been talking about online fraud. We'll talk about pornography and then also the cyberbullying that you've been talking about. But Kelly was also asking how individuals can protect themselves. You've been talking about it from phishing and ransomware. But we'll go into uh, the next March. I see John's question. What are some of the best practices for securing uh, personal devices and accounts? against cyber threats. That's John's question. Solomon says, what steps can organizations take to strengthen their cyber security posture and protect sensitive data? And that's Solomon's question. And then we have one from Xavier. How important is cyber security awareness training for employees within an organization? Um, Cho Cho says, what are the key elements of a strong cyber security policy for businesses and individuals alike? Um, and then the last one for this match, Kweku says, how can individuals and businesses stay updated on the latest cybersecurity news and development? Um, so uh, practices, securing personal devices and accounts against cyber threats. All right. So let's start with the simple ones, mm -hmm. your passwords. So um, you might be surprised in this day and age people still use password as their password. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you want to start Maybe with... Maybe they just capitalize the P and then... Capitalize the P, okay. change one at. Okay. But uh, we have very advanced computers now. They can crack simple passwords in seconds, in minutes. So starting from there is to make sure I'm setting fairly long passwords. Nothing less than 12 characters at least. Mm. Make sure of uppercase characters, uh, numbers, special characters. And I'll forget... Well, there are tools to help you. We have what we call password managers. So a password manager is like, let's think, you can think of it as your wallet or your purse with a padlock on it. 
So when you, anytime you, you create a password, you store it in there. And that, that uh, wallet or manager... That can be cut. You should have one master password. You need to remember just that one. So you can sit down and craft one very good password and use that to manage your password manager. But anything else in your Password service, manager, is it an app or something app like that? Apps. You can get okay. it on your phone, you can get it on your browser or as a separate app on your laptop. So with that, any site you need to create, whether it's your Gmail or your Instagram account, when you create any account, make sure you store the credentials in that password manager. Mm-hmm. Make sure that one just maintain. Not write it in your diary. Don't. The diary you have stick, people just write. Don't stick it to your, <laughs> so your, the diary. Under your... But how about people like Raymond Aqua who uses one password for everything? It's a huge risk. It's a huge risk. So assuming one of the sites you are using is compromised. We have what we call password spraying. The, the, the criminals of the world, we've compromised let's say xyz.com we've stolen all the user data there okay well we saw the monaqua in there this mm-hmm. is his password yes. now they'll throw it at any other service that is out there they'll take the username and password and throw it out there so god forbid they hit some service where you have used that they're in so if it's your email yeah in if it's your, <laughs> your bank app and everything so okay. it's it's not advisable we understand that it's difficult to remember several passwords. Mm-hmm. That's where the password manager would help you. In mm-hmm. fact, the password manager, most of them would have the password generation feature. They'll be able to generate complex passwords for yeah. you. And because you don't need to remember, it's fine. You copy it, you paste, your account is created, it is stored there, you are done. You don't need to remember X, Y, Z, funny characters. The password manager is doing that for you. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's interesting. But the steps uh, organizations can take to strengthen their cybersecurity posture and protect sensitive data is what Solomon is also asking. I'm sure you've been touching on it. Add, I should add a few more on the device protection. Okay. So aside the passwords also, it's, um, you, you, not all of us protect our devices as well as we do our laptops. Mm-hmm. Let me ask, do you have antivirus on your phone? Don't. On my phone? Do I need antivirus on my phone? <laughs> you, Why? You surf on it, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh. How different is it from the browser in your... Uh, because this is a... <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> no, I've never thought about it. So you need antivirus on your phone. It's an iPhone. I thought iPhone, nothing can happen to it. Everything is breakable. Ah. <laughs> if the breach, most of your iPhones are linked to your yes, online account, yes. right? So imagine you download something that breaches your phone. You have access to every account, everything you do online. Mm. So you should, you should consider it. So most of us, we should, and they are not that expensive. I like to I like to copy one of the examples my boss uses. You ask the ladies how much did you spend on your hair? <laughs> Thankfully, I don't spend anything. You don't spend anything. Right. You, are, you are natural. <laughs> yes, I'm free. You go take you do a, you do a, your braids, mm-hmm. right? Certainly in the two hundreds or three hundreds at a go, right? Mm-hmm. In a year, you can spend barely fifty CDs on, on antivirus. Fifty CDs. Oh, I thought it was more expensive than that. Okay. You have full protection to scan anything to even warn you if you are getting on a site that is malicious. So I think that's a key thing as users mm. we need to adopt to protect our devices. Other basic hygiene things is definitely be careful what sites you are visiting. Right? If 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 you are dabbling in malicious sites, <laughs> granted you, so mm. you have to watch your 
your, your habits online. That's one way to protect your devices as well. Okay. Um, your, the, the software on the devices. So they send updates from time to time. Some of us see it as, ah, this thing is going to chew my data. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so why they send those updates are because they've discovered that, oh, um, this piece of software is a vulnerability. Somebody can use it to compromise a device. So they've sent an update. So you reject it. It's oh, like leaving your door and do. the key is not, you've left the key inside. So when they can open the car. <laughs> so mm. updates are crucial for your operating systems, for the applications that you install. I'm sure some you might wake up some days and you see that they'll line up yeah, 15 applications. Yes. Update all, all of them. The same as philosophy data. as data, but it's, 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 your, it's your safety. So let's not be cancelling them. They are, they are crucial. And the same translates to mm. uh, uh, devices, laptops. And so from there, I can transition to the question around the office. Mm-hmm. So yes. The devices we are using in the office need to be kept up to date. So if your staff are using machines that are not running antivirus, mm. asking for trouble. If you are using online software, those of us that like to go and pick pirated copies of Office and be using, you're asking for trouble. Mm. <laughs> yeah. those, are, those are things. So if you, in an organization as well, you may have um, public-facing services. You may have a, a website. You may have other web applications that your customers use. The underlying infrastructure, the service operating system, whatever software you're using to offer the service. You need to make sure they're all up to date. It's the same philosophy. If there's a vulnerability in there, you've not dealt with it, you're exposed. So as an organization, you need to have policies, procedures for doing this. So you might need to have a policy that says, well, every week we are running a check. your, Your vendor would probably be releasing patches and updates. You need to have a process that says, well, okay, maybe every last Thursday of the month, I'm making sure that all the patches I need to install have been done. Mm. I mean, you, we understand that doing that, there'll be, there's likely to be downtime. That's why people fear. They won't do, yeah. they won't do oh, disrupt my service, my website to go down. But you need to be able to do, plan it out. Maybe you need to do it at 3 a.m. when MFI is asleep. Mm-hmm. This is not... <laughs> so yeah, those are, those are okay. best practices. Can you to well, I must say that um, the Savior's question, the cybersecurity awareness training for employees within an organization, they do it a lot here at Multimedia. Sometimes is. Uh, you don't want to join the Zoom when they're doing the training and all that. But I think you need to highlight why it's important that um, these awareness um, training is, is done by organizations. So at, earlier I mentioned that technology in itself is not really evil. It's the users that are behind it. Yeah. Now, in any system, usually we'll talk about people, processes, and the technology. right? So let's say your technology is fine. Mm-hmm. Granted, your processes are fine. But if your people are doing the wrong things, the whole set is useless. Something will go wrong. Something bad will happen. So the thing about human beings is if you tell them one, two weeks later they forgot. Mm -hmm. So you need to keep reminding them. Aside that, the IT space evolves very quickly. There are new services, there are new features, there are new applications. And it's not all the time you can really understand whether this is good to do or this is not good to do. We well, need to refresh. Okay, what's new out there that potentially could... Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hum my users or hum my stuff. Mm-hmm. And you use these sessions to do that. That's why it's important. Keep hammering home the best practices. Talk about passwords. We've been talking about passwords for years, yeah. but people are still people making still. the same mistakes. Yeah. Um, update your antivirus. It sounds very nice in the ears, but people don't do it. So you have to keep, <laughs> you have to you have keep to, doing sometimes it. Sometimes you may have to be in organizations, you may even have to run like uh, tests. So let's take the phishing. We, we, we mentioned it. So phishing, someone sends you an email pretending to be someone else. They are mm-hmm. usually malicious links. You click on it, you get infected with something. Whole system. Like that. Okay, how would someone recognize a phishing email? Mm-hmm. You have to show them some characteristics to look for. What should I look for? Okay, so some of the simple ones is um, you, you need to... Be, so someone says, I'm sending a mail from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Check the spelling of the Microsoft, the domain. Maybe they left out an O, or they made a double T. Okay. So, but then in the title, the message title, they say, this is an email from Microsoft. You need to check the email. Sometimes... They can even manage to mask the actual email address. So you need to go and put your case out there and see what actually comes out. You might find it is actually some gibberish at some site in China or okay. North Korea. Okay. Right? So how would people know this if you don't run those? So that's when you can do so in, in, in some organizations what you also you take it a step further. After doing the training, next time it's a simulation. We we'll send a dummy email and see how many people click it. So then you test, so people will know that hmm, I need to be alert. It's not uh, join the let's join the thing. We we join it and then we 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 go and sit somewhere and all this. We test it. Okay. Some organizations, yeah. If you if they find that you actually not paying attention, it can be an issue. So you need to make sure people pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, Chuchu's question should be have been answered. It's, it's the key element of a strong cybersecurity policy. For businesses and individuals alike, you want to add more because I think you've you basically touched on it. And then Kweku also says, how can individuals and businesses stay updated on the latest cybersecurity news and developments? Okay, for sure, you can keep keep an eye on our website and social media handles because we'll be releasing alerts and advices, even release technical advices. So for sometimes when we see something that is quite um, urgent in terms of. Mm what might in fact businesses. So we know people use web servers, they use maybe office. Sometimes we pick up from our threat intelligence activities that, oh, this specific vulnerability now exists. Mm-hmm. And you need to patch it now. Okay. We'll release an advice and we'll put it out there. So if you monitor as you see it, um, as, a, as a professional, an IT professional, you may also want to subscribe to other external um, feeds as well. Okay. That will also help you to keep All up. Right. Well, we do... Um Another batch at this point. Um, I think I see Lauer's question. Are there specific tools or resources you recommend for enhancing cybersecurity awareness and protection? And also, um, Malcolmo says, what role does encryption play in safeguarding sensitive information online? And then uh, this one from next in, how can individuals and organizations respond effectively to a cyber incident or breach? Um, I'm sure... Uh, Nixon is looking for free consultancy <laughs> at this point. So let's maybe let's start from Nixon's question: uh, Individuals and organizations responding effectively to a cyber incident or breach. Okay, all right. So 
responding to an incident starts from your preparation for it. Mm -hmm. And that preparation includes some of the stuff we touched on. So, for example, do you have policies around how you manage your software, um, the versions, your updates? Do you have policies around how users are even um, onboarded into your organization? So some organizations exist where if we hire you, just walk in and give you a machine. Nobody actually would register you in a system. You came in this date, these are your details, this is the machine you've been assigned, it is properly logged into a system that actually has your credentials, it's left. So if something happens, if let's say my system here is not registered in my name properly, and something infects it. IT people have no way of knowing the source of where okay. the, the breach is, is happening. I think I must commend our IT team here at Multimedia. Sharp. They do that very sharp. They're sharp. Uh, okay. so those are some of the preparatory steps. You've got your antiviruses in place. You've got such policies running. Now, the other thing you need to top it up is what we call an incident response plan. Mm-hmm. Now, that plan simply says, okay, if XYZ happens, let's say we have... Uh, Patient attack. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do to respond to it? So that document is okay. Well, step one, do A. Okay. Step two, do this. Step three, do that. So you sort of need to think through it, but you don't need to create everything new. There are good resources okay. out there. Okay. Most of the vendors have it. But the better about it is to customize it to your environment. What happens in Joy FM and news organization will not be the same as a bank okay. or a savings and loans company. So you need to look at it as well. My business is savings and loans. This is how my business operates. And therefore, if this incident happens, these are the steps you need to take. You may not have all the same people that will respond, but you need to know who will respond or who will do what okay. at what time. And then you need to then go one more step. You've got a plan for responding. You need to test it. Mm. So we do what we call simulations or cyber exercises. So we pretend that 2nd October, when we came to the office, a email blast. We have a phishing attack. What do we do? So you sit your your team down. Okay. And you see how. What will you do? Okay. I would call the help desk with this and that. Okay. Help desk. What will you do? We'll look at it. Okay. It's coming from far. We've got 20 other incidents. We'll call the IT. So you've drilled everybody to understand. Everybody's alert. Yes. Okay. That's how. You go about it. Okay, Nixon, you have it there. Encryption, uh, the role encryption plays in safeguarding sensitive information online. Often was asking. All right, so encryption is a big word for just how you can hide the data from people that are not authorized to see it. So there are various algorithms that do the job, so we're not good there. But then in terms of if you classify anything as sensitive, then definitely need to consider Encryption. Encryption can be applied in different levels. We can say you can look at it in terms of data that you are keeping, let's say, just on your hard drive, which is at rest. Mm-hmm. The data is not moving anywhere. But you need to encrypt it so that if somehow that drive gets in somebody's hands, they can't see or read what it is. Okay. You can then look at also in transmission. So let's say you are using a website. You want to send your payment card or your credit card or your debit card information to pay for a service. Mm-hmm. That data, your, 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 your PIN, your okay, CV, at the other back, yeah. it's crucial information. Someone mm-hmm. has it, they'll shop in your name. So if you are shopping online, that data must be able to reach your shopping outlet securely for you to do your payment, and you close the transaction. So now you need a means to protect that path, that 
virtual path. So there's another level of encryption there that you, you need to be aware of. So it's, it's, it's definitely important for, for, for using digital services safely. So mm. Encryption is important. My horizon has really been broadened this evening, but there's one on uh, revenge, pornography, and the sharing of other explicit materials online. Um, we're told it's become a source of concern for many. Is it on the radar of the Cybersecurity Authority? Lovia wants to know. Good. In actual fact, it's in the law. Section 66 and 67 speak specifically to um, exposing someone's intimate um, images or videos without their consent. And the, the, the punishment is quite hefty, mm. minimum of 10 years if you're convicted. And we've, we've actually seen some cases. That's, I think the latest one is in June. Someone in the Volta region um, did that to his girlfriend. He, he got 10 years for, 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 for doing that. So it's something we take seriously. The law actually addresses it. So if you happen to experience it, call the CSA immediately. The law is there to back you up. Well, piracy of other people's intellectual properties like music, movies, football matches, uh, on the ascendancy also. Is it a phenomenon that cybersecurity authorities actually paying attention to and what are the measures to deal with them? Well, this one is more on the content side. It's mm-hmm. not really in our mandate to control okay. content. So would, if, it, if it comes to attention, what to typically is maybe engage a partner agency that is in that space in terms of, let's say, um, intellectual property protection um, mm-hmm. to, to, to handle it. It's not something we would deal with directly. Unless maybe it involves, maybe the person may have breached a certain system to actually perpetrate it. In that case, we'll, we'll, do, we'll build a case around what you've done wrong in breaching that system to support the overall thing, but not the content itself. It's not mm. really our mandate to do so. Well, uh, do we have a crackdown on romance fraud? Um, is it still there, really? Um, maybe some of us are archaic, we may not know, but uh, there's the concern that it's still thriving. We have a hold on it. Well, we, we, can, we can deal with what is reported to us. Okay. So if you tell us, we'll know. But Are we still having people report it? We get it. We, we get it from time to time. I think in the, in the past quarter, probably about three such reports at least. So it's, it's still out there. But again, it's about being alert to the, the kind of signals that would indicate that potentially you are... You are, you are How, do you know? so How do you know? Your, your typical romance fraud is that somebody who of a random pick you up on Facebook and say, oh, hi, MFR, like your pictures, this. Mm-hmm. give you nice compliments. Come back a few, late, a few days later, I give you more compliments. So basically, gradually, they are warming themselves up to you. Then it becomes a conversation. We are chatting, we are chatting, we are chatting, we are chatting, we are chatting. And eventually, it's okay. Oh, um, I like, uh, like you. Um, can we start dating? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's going on. Then, then one day, they get up and say, you know what, I have an emergency. My mom is sick. She said, Kaswa, can you send her some money to sort it out because I'm outside the country? Mm. And because you've built some emotional attachment. How about there's money transfer from a rich For some reason, his is not working. Oh, okay. MFI's new friend <laughs> who is kind-hearted who signed it for him. So okay. he sends it. The other thing you can, another um, feature is typically people never want to meet physically. Maybe even chatting for six months, nine months. So let's meet there. Mm-hmm. A few minutes of time, you tell you, I have an emergency. I'm sorry, I can't make it. So you never get to meet the person. There's a photo online, all right. Yeah. But you've never physically met the person. The thing is, how sure are you that that photo you see there is... Yeah, it's actually the actually person. The person. You, you don't know. And if, if, God forbid, you make the mistake of giving them um, intimate pictures, 
Now you've opened a new door. Those extortion can also be used against you. Well, we are wrapping up this. I was hoping it wouldn't end, but uh, we have to wrap it up. So Awareness Month, um, everything kickstarts tomorrow, and it's a whole month long, you know, awareness creation. Finally, uh, what really would you want us to take away as uh, we start the Awareness Month, um, rolling out all the, the things we need to know from tomorrow? I think that the key point we would like to stress is um, cybersecurity is not something done by one agency alone. So cybersecurity mm. authority will not be able to solve all, or cannot single-handedly solve all cybersecurity issues. It's a collaborative effort. It's, it's a teamwork. We work with other agents. Then we, we actually need you, mm-hmm. the public, to work with us. So we, we aside the, so if you look at the awareness we are giving you, is to equip you to be better than you are now. So work with us to make Ghana a more secure and resilient digital society. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Steven Sishi. We are grateful. And our doors are always open um, to the Cybersecurity Authority. Um, 292 is the number that you need to call. And then also 050-160-3111. Anytime uh, you feel that you're under a cybersecurity attack. And there's also... My, on the uh, website, I was going to say myjoyonline.com <laughs> on your website as well. You can also send them a message. And Mr. Sashi, thank you. And we wish you all the best. Thank you so much uh, for uh, joining us. I'll be away uh, for some time and uh, uh, we'll, we'll still take care of you here on the probe. I am MFA Pau. Uh, there's more when you log on to myjoyonline.com. Radio audience, we have a walk with Jesus. Right here, uh, we'll have Aminiwa. Uh, bringing us uh, a lot of showbiz news. You'd want to stay for that. Thank you. Have a good evening. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.